back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 311 of Rams Up. It's Ravens week. We'll have a preview of that game coming up later this week. We also have a roundtable and a crossover segment with a Ravens podcaster. This episode, I'm going to share my power rankings, and we're going to do a little loop around the league focusing on the teams and games of importance from last week. Hey, I'm finally getting back into shape, courtesy of Sean McVay. 232 scoreboard push-ups last week. And by the way, the last three games, the Rams had the law firm of Puka, Kyron, and Cup available. 33 points per game, 413 yards per game, and a 3-0 record. That's courtesy of ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Before we get to our loop around the league and the power rankings, it is episode 311, so we are going to celebrate a Ram who wore number 11. Now we're going to have to save Jim Everett for episode 411. This episode, I'm going to talk about one of the more exciting guys to ever wear a Ram uniform, Tavon Austin. Even though he never reached his full potential, still such an exciting and dynamic player, Tavon Austin out of Baltimore, Maryland, attended Dunbar High School, played football, basketball, and ran track at Dunbar High for their football team, played running back, led him to three consecutive Class 1A state titles as a senior, 2,660 yards rushing with 34 touchdowns, returned 12 punts for 446 yards and two scores, So he was a sought-after recruit, and he signed with the West Virginia Mountaineers. Played primarily wide receiver, but by the end of his time there at West Virginia, had 288 catches for over 3,000 yards and 29 touchdowns, 110 rushes for another 1,000 yards and 6 touchdowns, and returned one punt and four kickoffs, four touchdowns. The thing about Tavon Austin is... If you go back and look at his high school videos, you're going to have a hard time finding someone that was more exciting, more explosive, and more fun to watch than Tavon Austin. Now, I don't know if the term viral was used back then, but there are lots of people watching Tavon Austin videos on YouTube. Exciting player. I went back and looked, and the first one I found, Gus Johnson calling a Tavon Austin punt return for a touchdown. What more could you ask for? He comes out in the 2013 draft, and what did NFL.com say about him? Don't blink when Austin has the ball in his hands. That basically says it all. And the Rams traded up with the Buffalo Bills, moved up from 16 to number 8 to select the 5'8.5", 178-pound Austin. First wide receiver taken, interestingly, wide receivers that were selected after him, Maybe the Rams missed on this pick a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins, the second wide receiver picked 27th overall. 
Robert Woods went in the second round and Keenan Allen went in the third round. He had a breakout performance in his rookie year, week 10, had only two receptions, but for 138 yards, both touchdowns. He returned five kicks and a punt for a total of 172 yards. That included a 98-yard punt return for a touchdown. And yes, he was named NFL Special Teams Player of the Week and eventually became the NFC's Special Teams Player of the Month that month as well. After that, things kind of dropped off for Tavon Austin, never really lived up to the potential, although there were moments. By 2016, his productivity had really dropped, and that was the first year he didn't return a punt for a TD. And 2017, things even got worse with Sean McVay in the house. McVay essentially phased him out of the offense. And in 2018, the Rams restructured his contract, voiding his final years, and Tavon Austin moved on. His next stop was with the Dallas Cowboys. So five years with the Rams returned 158 punts and 25 kickoffs for a total of four touchdowns. Seems like more, doesn't it? And you know why? That's because he had so many punts, big time punts, called back for holding. I wish that was an official stat. I wish someone had a count on how many times his kicks were called back. I can still see him turning around and looking back and going, oh no, are you kidding me? Not again. I'm going to take a guess that he had, I don't know, maybe seven punt returns of over 50 yards that were called back for holding. Just a guess. Seemed like an awful lot. I'll roll with seven. And maybe that's why I'm still afflicted with this tendency. Whenever the Rams have a nice return, you look for that flag. You look for that yellow icon in the corner of the screen. Yeah, Ram fans, it's coming back. That's all because of Tavon Austin. Not his fault. Special teams coaching left something to be desired. Basically left all us Ram fans traumatized. We just constantly were getting called for holding, getting caught for holding, and most of the time holding calls that had nothing to do with the return. So excited when the Rams drafted him. Never really lived up to the hype. I get it. Just wanted to take a moment to celebrate number 11, Tavon Austin. I'm going to loop around the league here for you, and I'm kind of getting away from what I had been doing earlier in the year. I'm not going to cover every game. I'm going to speak to the ones that I care about, that Ram fans should care about, and the games that were just kind of fun. And then we'll get into my updated power rankings. That Thursday night game, Cowboys 41, Seahawks 35. Gotta give the Seahawks credit, giving the Cowboys all they could handle. And this is a Cowboy defense that is supposed to be elite. And a Seahawks offense that scored 16 points against the Rams. Seahawks stepped up. Cowboys are now 9-3, though, just one game behind the Eagles in the NFC East, and they face off next Sunday night. The Seahawks, man, they needed this win badly, and maybe that's why they played so well. They finally looked at the schedule, the schedule I've been looking at, and they realized, wow, we needed that win against the Rams. We are up against it. So they showed up, couldn't get it done, though. Pretty devastating for a Seahawks nation, I suspect. Next two games, the 49ers and then the Eagles. And we have a new rivalry in the NFL. The 
Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. They took it to another level in this game. 49ers really thrashed Philadelphia 42-19. Dre Greenlaw, the 49er linebacker and the Eagles director of security, get into it on the sideline after a big hit by Greenlaw. They both get ejected. Do you really eject a staff member? I think maybe you eject Greenlaw and you ask the director of security to please excuse yourself. Maybe that's what happened. Going to be interesting if these two teams meet in the playoffs. And that's very likely. The question is, where would that game be? Philadelphia slipping and they have the Cowboys next week. Hey, they could end up being a wild card team. Still a good chance these teams are going to meet in the playoffs, though, at some point. And the Detroit Lions, they keep pace with the 49ers, improved to 9-3 and with a really important road win over the Saints, 33-28. to That's what good teams have to do, find a way to win on the road. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end. Hey, we celebrate our rookies. Lions got to be pretty happy with their two guys, Jamal Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Laporta, 146 yards receiving. Derek Carr got hurt in that game. Saints need to get well next week against the Panthers, or they may be in that bucket I created. Thank you for participating. See you next year. Now, they're saving graces. They are in the NFC South, but they're 5-7. and seven. Falcons are 6-6. Six and six. Falcons and Bucks play. Bucks are 5-7. and seven. It's a mess. Anything could happen there, but the Saints got to beat the Panthers That'll be a big blow to their playoff chances. And I'm not sure who to root for in some of these NFC South games. I really don't. We'll talk about that in a second. Buccaneers stay alive with a 21-18 win over the Panthers. This is an NFC South game. Mike Evans, 162 yards receiving. So the Bucs, 5-7, one game out of the NFC South lead. And I guess one and a half game, shall we say, out of a wild card spot. Not sure how the tiebreakers would work for the Bucks if they were in that 6-6 six and six group with the Seahawks, Vikings, Packers, and Rams. In the game that really hurt the Rams, Packers 27, Chiefs 19. Give the Packers credit. Jordan Love really starting to play well. They currently own that seventh seed, the last wild card spot. And how about the Chargers going into Foxborough on a rainy day and shutting out the Patriots? I really enjoyed that. I'm not a Charger fan, but I do find myself rooting for them on occasion, and I was certainly rooting for them in this one. And the Cardinals. One week after the Rams handled them fairly easily, they go out to Pittsburgh and control the Steelers from start to finish. 24-10 win for the Cards. So looking at the schedule next week, what games do we care about? Well, the Panthers beating the Saints, I think that would be nice. I have to take a closer look at all these tiebreakers. For example, you know, if the Rams, Seahawks, and Packers are in a tiebreaker, maybe the Rams lose out in that group. But you throw in another team like the Saints, and maybe that's to the Rams' advantage. Someone's going to be sorting that out for us over the next couple weeks. I'm not going to go there. Just saying, I think I want the Panthers to beat the Saints. Need the Giants to upset the Packers. That would be a big boost for the Rams' chances. And we need the Seahawks to not upset the 49ers. And we need the Raiders to pull off a mild upset of the Vikings. 
Buccaneers Falcons, I'm not sure what to root for there. I think we want the Falcons to pull away there and the Buccaneers to fade away. But again, maybe the Buccaneers being in the mix, being in a four or five team tie for a final wild card spot could be to the Rams' advantage. One scenario that will probably be to the Rams' advantage would be a multiple team tie involving the Rams, Seahawks, and Saints. And I'm assuming the Rams beat the Saints in that scenario. The Rams would have a 3-0 record among those three teams. And we need to watch the Eagles-Cowboys, not because we care about the outcome. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to my power rankings. I have a bunch of teams in the green room this week, just outside the top 10. I'm still going to keep the Browns there. That defense is something else. They just need some decent quarterback play. Got to include the Colts. They're seven and five. The Packers playing really good football, six and six. And dare I say, our Los Angeles Rams, winners of three straight. If they beat the Ravens, they could make their first appearance in my top 10. And who is my number 10 team holding steady? The Buffalo Bills coming off a bye. No movement there. They travel to Kansas City and both teams kind of in a dark place right now. The Chiefs lost to Green Bay. They're still in control of their division, but how often do you see the Chiefs lose two straight and the Bills, you know, they need a win really badly. Coming off a bye though, that that gives them a little bit of an advantage and see what the NFL did here. This game was going to be a home game for Kansas City. So they give the Bills a bye a week before they have to travel. Seems to make sense to me, but of course, they wouldn't dare do that with the Rams and Ravens. My number nine team, again, no movement here. The Texans, seven and five. A lot of people were picking the Broncos to knock them off, not me. Texans are the real deal, their quarterback especially, and love their coach. Texans now at seven and five, and with that Jaguars loss, one came out of first place in the AFC South, and Trevor Lawrence possibly hurt. Well, he is hurt. Not sure how serious. And for that reason, I dropped the Jags from number seven to number eight. They lost to the Bengals at home. Don't know what shape their quarterback's in. Hey, if this was the college football playoff, I would eliminate the Jags from any playoff consideration at this point, but that's not how the NFL works. Jags just drop a spot. The Lions were the beneficiaries of that Jags loss. They move up one spot from eight to number seven. They're nine and three now. They travel to play the Bears, a dangerous team in Chicago. Lions can't take them lightly. I don't think Dan Campbell would ever allow this team to take anyone lightly. The Cowboys, 9-3 and three after dispatching of the Seahawks. It wasn't easy, but they got the win. They were 6th ranked last week. They're still 6th ranked. The Kansas City Chiefs, I had them drop from 4 to number 5. They're at 8-4 and four now, hosting the Bills. We already talked about that game. Didn't ding them too badly because they go into Lambeau. That's a tough place to play. Mahomes' first appearance at Lambeau, and they were competitive and might have won that game with a little help from the refs if the refs had just done their job, actually. Might have won that game, so I didn't ding them too bad. 
The biggest dropper of the week, my former number one team, the Philadelphia Eagles, suffered their second loss of the season, and they got hammered by the 49ers. And, you know, this 49er team, it's a beast right now, but still Eagles after a couple of early field goals, the Eagles kind of folded. And they did bounce back after that little skirmish on the sideline, put another touchdown on the board, but 49ers just steamrolled them in the end. And they go to Dallas. Man, this is a big game for Philadelphia. My number three team moving up two spots, the Baltimore Ravens. And why did they move up? They were on a bye. Well, basically because a couple teams slid the Ravens leapfrogging both the Eagles and the Chiefs, and deservedly so, even though they didn't play. The Dolphins move up one spot. They are my new number two team at nine and three. They host the Titans. They're just cruising along. Really good team. Jalen Ramsey saying that team reminds him of the Rams Super Bowl championship team. Not sure I'm seeing the similarities except for, well, they both had Jalen Ramsey. And they both had a very creative, offensive-minded head coach. There's probably some other comparisons, but I think Ramsey's just trying to talk his team into a Super Bowl championship, and he very well could. And by number one team, the 49ers, 9-3, and three, moved up one spot from number two. And man, that was quite a display they put on offense and defense. Team is healthy, and if this team is healthy, they're going to be really difficult to beat. Not unbeatable. There's a couple teams out there that I think could give them a real problem. But right now, clearly the best team in the National Football League. And you know what? The more I think about it, there's probably one team the 49ers would least like to play in the playoffs. A team 49er fans would be really worried about seeing their team face off with in the playoffs. And if you consider that, the 49ers could very well have the second seed. And this team could very possibly have the seventh seed. They could meet in the first round. And, well, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.